another episode of Optional Skate Blues, our podcast where we talk hockey and focus on the St. Louis Blues. I'm Mike, here with Eric. Yo. And it's Wednesday, July 28th, and we're going to look at what's cracking in Seattle. Hey. Talk a bit about the NHL draft, and we'll discuss this week's developments in Tarasenko, one and out of the loo, and whether Armstrong will be able to make that happen. So far, no. <laughs> how, about, how about no, Mike? <laughs> Man, it, he, and not to get dive right into something, but it, I read from Rutherford that Tarasenko was one of the guys who reached out to Buchanovich and said, welcome to St. Louis. Like, mm-hmm. that's weird behavior. But, yeah, man. Uh, how's the week? I'll start your way. Uh, what have you been up to? What's been going on? Me, I still think I have a bit of the hex on me. Whatever was getting me last week, I had a funky car accident, and uh, I was in an automatic car wash. Okay. And one of the cars, two cars ahead of me, went off the track and ran into a pole. So the car ahead of me went into them, and I went into the car ahead of me. And I was not paying attention, you know, looking at my phone because I'm on an automatic <laughs> track inside a car wash and uh yeah so it just started uh grinding on the car ahead of me and i was very confused for about 10 <laughs> seconds <laughs> like maybe if i hit the brake yeah continues to push me ahead into that car so yeah. i was very very confused and... <laughs> is uh <laughs> is the car wash place taking care of you insurance information all that yeah they got it all figured out it was pretty minor nothing crazy but just uh yeah it was certainly jarring and confusing for for a quick minute there it was uh, i believe it yeah absolutely but other than that i've been trying to avoid the heat and watching lots of yeah. uh, the olympics so yeah olympics have been been pretty great so far man we're mm-hmm. uh, we're getting up we always get up early uh here at the barnhart house the our daughters have us up at least by 6 a.m if not before so we're actually able to catch uh, some live swimming usually here, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Uh, but uh, but yeah, man, there's tons of games where we're curious how some of these are games. But mm-hmm. what what specifically mm-hmm. are you getting to watch? Well, you know, I think I like all the sports that uh, you know Americans do well in. I, I don't know, I'm not a nationalist guy, but for some reason the Olympics hits that chord a bit. But uh, I love the team handball you with your team usa shirt on yeah yeah for sure uh but that team handball uh, regardless i could watch that anybody it's like uh basketball and lacrosse and it's a little bit of soccer all rolled into one there yeah that's yeah, pretty it's pretty neat game i don't mm-hmm. really understand it mm-hmm. there's uh there's, there's a two-pointer there's yeah a one-pointer right. and you can't shoot from inside the goalie you know crease okay so, I guess nope. I got the rules now. Nope, like Brett Hull, you know, and can't, or else they call it. No, except for that I one got time. it. Yeah. 1999 or 2000, whatever it was, right? But that, you know, and then the badminton and table tennis games that you've played, but certainly not like the uh, people that are playing that in the Olympics have played it. Uh, uh, there's always the humorous ones that uh, speed walking. I think we, I just <laughs> showed you speed walking. Uh, but if you get a chance to watch someone do speed walking, it is h- hilarious. <laughs> I, and, and that's what we did right before yeah. we started recording. 
I refuse to click on your link that was <laughs> that is linked poop walking in our document. Uh, I am on not my computer and uh, just don't trust you generally with with yub tub links. So uh, I looked it up roll, on my but, own. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, yeah, it's very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of the uh, the ridiculous ones. The first gold medal that we got of the Olympics was airsoft guns, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was airsoft shooting? Um, Bridget Surprising I, Americans are good at that, right? That's exactly yeah. <laughs> what we talked about. I said, son of a bitch. Like, it couldn't have been not the first one, right? <laughs> Some kid who, lo- who walks around in a in a black hoodie with a mask, boy with wow. mascara on or something. Like, don't be good at airsoft shooting. Um, but we were watching that. And then it's really hard. I, I feel bad for the commentators because you've got a lot of dead time with some of these things and Mm -hmm. you're looking at the best athletes in the world and you've got to try and differentiate between you know dennis in lane four who is just eight seconds worse swimmer than the fucking guy who just won the gold medal or whatever I, yep. I, it's really hard but we were watching some uh bridget and i were watching some skateboarding late a couple nights ago and the people were really bad they were making noise effects like ka-cha, ka-cha. <laughs> <laughs> they're out there skating like whoosh like okay i'm not saying that i would be Very really good at it but i don't really think that translates well the whole whooshing but uh well there's also some sports that that you i i watched uh three on three basketball yeah and uh the announcers were getting a little hype but it seemed kind of uh uh, you know boom goes the dynamite a little you know like (laughs) you're just kind of waiting on your something cool is gonna happen i'm gonna have this one line and it'll be hilarious like yeah uh, Passes to the man. Like, oh, he was making it rain, and he needed to call Rihanna. Uh, oh, so, yeah. all right. He uh, he's got a list. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's got he's a like, list. Next really, step. this is uh, this is what we're doing here in the gold medal Latvia Brazil game. Mm-hmm. He's okay. trying. He's he's auditioning. Yeah. He's he's recording that, and he's giving that to ESPN and uh, well ESPN. <laughs> Yep. If three on three basketball can be one, then so can slam ball or roller hockey. Let's oh, see. Sure. It. Yeah. How about you? Study. Uh, that's all I've been doing, man. It's uh, on the eighth is whenever I take my test. Uh, Sunday morning before hockey. Hopefully, uh, that's at one of our late hockey games at twelve thirty. My test starts at eight o'clock, so I'm hoping I can show up to some Sunday morning hockey and. Uh, go out and and have a bit of a time afterwards but yeah. yeah man i'm just i'm just studying if i'm if i'm awake and my daughters and wife are asleep study so i am definitely taking my adderall at like 6 p.m instead of 6 a.m right now <laughs> and it is helping a lot so yeah. just study man quiet time for sure for sure well, uh, since the last episode, everything in hockey has happened. Uh, <laughs> That's accurate, I think. They released the schedule, uh, new team, expansion draft, regular draft, free agency, 
all in a week's time. So we, we got a lot to start with, but uh, kind of started, I guess, with the schedule coming out. So um, we we always look right away at the schedule. We have an yes. annual road trip that uh, we, we uh, <laughs> what, canceled on March 11th of 2020. So yep. it, it was... Uh, uh, just about to happen, go to Florida when all the coronavirus stuff happened. So we're we're always looking at the schedule, seeing when when the trip's going to be, and uh, what what were our uh, initial favorites so far? Yeah, for for hockey road trip, there's a two game series up north. There's an Islanders and uh, Jersey. I think mm-hmm. that's back to back. That I would that I know that Brad was an early vote for it, and so am I. And then also, I'm I'm half tempted to take a game against Florida and just start right back where we were going to go initially too, uh, yeah. before all that stuff kind of disrupted. So, um, I'm looking forward to that schedule. I'm looking forward to finalizing some stuff. Didn't get a lot of feedback from a lot of people saying which game would work, but I think that when when everything kind of dies down with the uh, off season, I think that that's whenever we'll get out there again and we'll start piecing together a great group of guys to go on this, uh, on another hockey road trip, man. Yep. And, uh, always looking forward to it. It's, it's a Hell yes. blast. So can't. I thought we could maybe do, uh, a live, a live recording on, uh, on this year's hockey road trip. We could sit a bunch of people around after a couple, uh, after a couple cold ones. Yeah. Hopefully not before sushi, though. No, it's very tiring. <laughs> very tiring. Uh, inside inside jokes there. Uh, lo- long story short, I was overserved and obeyed the laws in California whenever we were in uh, at a Kings game, and I got very tired very early, and everybody ate sushi, and I napped. At six o'clock. Hey, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was thirsty and I obeyed the laws, so it got tired. It was good times, good times for sure. I'll, I'll grow up. Uh, <laughs> now the there was a break included in the schedule for the Winter Olympics potentially, but they still haven't come to an agreement. I was super jazzed about that. I I didn't even think that that they were going to consider it. I felt like Bettman was playing hardball with the NHLPA and with the Olympic Committee. I think both of them were playing hardball with the Olympic Committee. And the fact that it's built in to me says this is more than likely going to happen. Uh, I I think that if it was if they were they closed the door hard on it then it wouldn't even have been in there i think that this is our first opportunity to see uh disney putting a huge stamp on what the nhl is and is not going to do and i think disney acquiring all of this before an olympics saying we're our product is going to get out there and get more fans. And that means NHL players. I think that this is a huge step. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I guess I didn't think of it that way, but I think that, you know, if there's a organization that could bungle this more than the NHL, it's probably <laughs> the IOC. 
Um, yeah. and it seems like their lack of communication really led them to have issues in the past. Uh, uh, I think that they want to be in China, right? The NHL. Sure. And, and yeah. certainly if, you know, you're affiliated with Disney and um, you'd have pretty good inroads there too. So I, I think it's something that they would want, but especially with all the COVID confusion still, you, you really need them to come to some sort of agreement because I don't think that they'll leave a lot of uncertainty, especially with as conservative as the NHL teams are. So uh, there's a lot to figure out, but it certainly is uh, more than I thought that they would do. I thought that they would be out fast. Agreed. I agree with everything you're saying there. Yeah, and if you look at what the NBA, what the revenue from China has done for the NBA, Mm-hmm. Um, again, just puts an exclamation point on the fact that getting the game there, getting the NHL's best players over there and, and growing a fan base in the most populous country in the world would be a, would be a good move. Yep. So right after dropping the schedule, uh, we have the expansion draft. Uh, it has full with its own produced uh espn draft show now although it was a nhl show product it was not a espn product yep it was uh it was pretty cheesy but uh you know still kind of got a feel of the city and you know it it wasn't terrible but it was a little little corny it was i wondered if they could have done it up a little bit more if it hadn't been in that covid kind of mindset and everything right yeah. if, if the if that curtain wasn't firmly over everything but uh at the same C- time certainly hard to compare it to las vegas in right pre-covid times yeah right right i'm not saying that seattle's terrible place to be and and but there's definitely a yin to the yang there right uh-huh. um and it, yeah, Kevin Weeks going around showing some cool places in Seattle and and doing some interviews is pretty neat. Um, definitely, again, like you said, a little bit different than Vegas, and and they tried to have everybody and anybody who's related to Seattle get out there. My favorite part, personally, was whatever like the basketball players and football players had to come out, and they're like, I don't, I don't, I really hope that I don't get. A player whose whose name is just impossible to pronounce, and whenever whenever Dunn got selected, they, I remember the guy saying, "Like, yeah. I'm just glad I didn't get the guy before me, man." Yeah, yeah it was it was a little cheesy, but you know they are. Uh, it wasn't for the St. Louis Blues fans, I think. It was for the Seattle fans, right? Yeah, well, you'd think they would have had a bigger shirt for Sean Kemp, at least uh... tight shirt. Yeah. The... <laughs> The Schmedium on Schmedium uh, on Sean Kemp. Yeah, yeah it uh, it was it was a nice little Schmedium. Now the the draft happened, and uh, I was uh, super underwhelmed by what what they had done. It they I think they were in a you know an opportunity to really leverage things from other teams. You know, it's yep. I think that you got to play fair or whatever. There's some sort of that mentality when you're a GM, but you have a unique opportunity to pick anyone you want. Uh, that, yeah. that just doesn't happen. There is no hard feelings. Like it's their fault for leaving that guy exposed. You yep. got to do what you got to do. And they really just, they didn't draft anybody of note. Um, Giordano, they picked as the captain, but yeah, it uh i was really underwhelmed with the the team that they had 
it was really strange to me. Like I, I thought that there would be either th- th- they could have drafted multiple ways, right? They could have drafted in a way that was here's big big players, big ticket players, and try to sell people on on that hype, that excitement on those contracts that were ending pretty soon and then they could trade them off for assets if they weren't really great out of the gate, if the Kraken didn't compete very well out of the gate. Um, they could have uh, taken and weaponized cap space. And and I felt like they did absolutely neither of those things. I felt like they went in there with the strategy of we're just going to take the best player for our best player available for just overall hockey from each team without paying attention to those nuances that I feel like are where you really put an exclamation point on your draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they made many, if any, side deals on don't take this player, take this other player. Everybody right. kept saying, you know, those trades will drop the next day i'm sure that there were some of them i never read anything about those if they happened yeah well i i had heard that uh you know francis said that teams were a little smarter this time after having been through the the vegas draft also that teams could kind of they knew about this for three years the vegas draft was one year and then happened so you had a little time to set up your organization, have a plan going into the year. So sure. maybe you didn't, you know, expose as many. But there were plenty of guys exposed that I think, yeah. you know, you look at like a JVR. Uh, yep. Certainly seemed like an amicable deal for a guy that can score you some goals that would be on a reasonable contract. You know, there's there there were guys out there that, you know, even Tarasenko, right? If you do I... a, a big... <laughs> I mean, but, you know, yeah. he is 7.5, but it's relatively low risk for just two years, right? Seriously, so, yeah. You know, if you're going to have all that room and then, you know, they still have time to go, but it just seemed like they were super conservative and let the ball slip through their tentacles a little bit there. <laughs> Was it with an S or a T? Ten, tes tentacles or was it s tentacles okay okay yeah you know something about kraken that i don't (laughs) well it's (laughs) i completely agree man like i don't understand how they did not take tarasenko even if they retain even if he plays really really poorly i think we were talking on last show if he doesn't live up to hype someone's gonna take a flyer on him going into the postseason i would think and you retain you, you you retain some salary. You get uh, you get a, a picks or prospects whatever back, so you can build your organization. I don't understand how they didn't take some of those names that were out there. JVR, like you said, Giordano was the big contract. That was the ticket that they ate. I think Eberly was the next biggest contract that they took at like five or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you looked at the the roster and you thought. Yeah, they're full. Uh, and I guess people could say that this is how some other GMs or whatever thought about Vegas. But you look at it and you think, we've got a bunch of, you know, maybe second-line players, but third-line, fourth-line players or second defensive pairmen, we've got coming out of our, our tentacles. <laughs> that yeah. T? Tenta- yeah, tentacles. There we go. 
so I was, you know, pretty surprised and kind of looked for them to make a big move on free agent Dre and after the, the amateur draft. So um, in the amateur draft, though, the, the top overall pick was Owen Power, um, went to Buffalo. He's a defenseman um, from the Canada um you know he was widely projected to be the overall pick seemed like a pretty unanimous thing for for the all the time and then as the first pick um in Kraken history they take Matthew Bernier's center um with the number 2 pick and it was a a, a big draft for college hockey yeah man if, uh, but with the Michigan Wolverines had four players picked in the top 5 of the draft so crazy Heck of a squad. Crazy. Yeah. 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 You got to think that they're they're doing something right in that program for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, the Blues did have a, a first round draft pick this year. Right? Hey. It's uh, like every other year, it seems to be. But uh, they take Zachary Bolduc with the 17th pick. He's a, a center or a right wing. He, he played mostly on the wing, but the Blues think that he can be a center. Uh, but he's kind of a old school style power forward is how he's been described. Um, good passer, nice vision, but maybe not the most dynamic skater. Yeah, and if you're if you're gonna pick one of those qualities that you're gonna try and develop, and I th- uh, develop, I think that skating is one of those skills that you can definitely develop. Uh, you know, you got you're, we're talking seventeen year old kids, seventeen eighteen year old kids uh, who've been playing the sport their whole lives. You can get them in with some professional coaches and and hopefully get really get them going and get them skating a little bit crisper for sure. So yeah, it's, I mean the draft is just a such a crapshoot, man. Yeah, I the later picks and all that stuff. You look at everybody amassing all these picks and all this, and I'm I become less and less excited about the draft as more and more hockey gets played and I I'm exposed more and more to it. So, but good on him. Hopefully Zachary turns out to be a, a hell of a player uh, for the St. Louis blues, but uh, you know, three or four years down the road, we'll know. Yeah. That's the thing. It's hard to be excited unless you have a top three or four pick, like this yep. guy could play in a year or two. It, it just takes so long for them to get through the system. But uh you know, it's tough to even watch the draft and you kind of, I don't know if you're like me, but I'll follow along on Twitter or whatever. See, check in every little bit. But yeah, uh, right as it was getting to the end of the draft, they had kind of a, a disappointing last two picks. Yeah. Um, so with the 31st pick, Montreal drafts Logan Mayu. Um, he had been kind of in the news all week. Uh, he'd been convicted of an, a sexual assault crime in Sweden. Um, it got to the point where he requested not to be drafted. Yeah. Um, but the Canadians did it anyway. They had, uh, you know, they were very aware of what they were doing. They released a statement immediately yep. that kind of was, a uh, blew off the situation a little and, um, you know, but it wasn't just them. There were teams rumored to be taking him in the second round, even though he requested not to be drafted. So. Uh, they they really got a lot of blowback that day, and it kind of continued through a couple of days after the draft, even today, even right yeah. with Molson coming out and saying we don't we we don't support the the draft choice, right? So yeah, it's I mean the kids said don't draft me, 
right? And and he's technically registered for the draft, so anybody can still take him. You can't technically unregister for the draft. But I the optics, I mean, the optics of it for sure, and the the kid's got a lot of stuff to learn. And, and I do firmly believe that that people can change and make new decisions and 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 grow as individuals and i'm not gonna say but there right Uh, and i think that that was something that was said a lot whenever bergevin was interviewed he said and he's just a kid or and he did this or whatever but um there's a the the victim in this situation is it's it's a real thing and and she and her family have have been traumatized you know i've I work with some students who have some stuff that that's similar to this with you know uh, all kinds of all kinds of things on social media and everything and this does serious damage to fam- family units to kids self-confidence to their friend groups this girl's life will be forever changed in a very negative way and now this boy gets to go on and Right, and get different, drafted in the first different round. Different country gets to yeah. leave the area. She's still there. Yeah. All the people that he, you know, shared this with are, are still there. So yeah. it it just is a, a terrible situation, and and you know, it was just a very disappointing decision by the Canadians, and um, you know, it was kind of continued by Chicago uh, when they drafted their thirty second pick of the draft. Uh, but they used uh, Stan Bowman came out yeah. with a very diverse group of newly hired women um, as an attempt to kind of use a human shield to distance himself from the sexual harassment scandal that's been swarming the Blackhawks lately. So it's, I mean, and anybody who didn't see it as exactly what you just described it as is obviously not paying attention and and doesn't get the the basics of just optics and and trying to to do the card game and you know pay attention to the man pay no attention to the man behind the curtain kind of thing right um and and just really hopes that all this stuff goes away and people don't pay attention to it and people don't talk about it and it all just felt especially with with the Canadians pick it felt like Arizona drafting that Mitchell Meyer kid and now Bowman is just going about his business doing whatever he wants to and it just reeks of of people just people with money and doing what they want and and not thinking that the consequences will follow money or skill and and consequences don't follow them and and I mean we're kind of seeing that too and the the story behind how their the investigation is just gets it's comical Right. Yeah. And, you know, the NHL through this all has really dropped the ball, in my opinion. Um, There's no reason that the team should be running an investigation, regardless of how independent it is. I mean, this needs to be done by the league. The reputation for the entire league is reflected through the Blackhawks, and they should have some sort of responsibility for all the other teams. And as the main organization because you know the independent quote quote investigation isn't isn't all that independent you know they're not there's no transparency there was a whole article on it but they're not going to release any of the results of the investigation and will not make 
public uh, the information either. So you just have to trust that nothing happened or whatever we say happened. Yeah, yeah. We're we're looking into the event that we're responsible for, mm-hmm. and we'll let you know what we find about all of it. And, yep. and just the investigation will take forever, and whatever findings will be announced at some time right before a huge event for, for the NHL or, or otherwise, or absolutely nothing, right? And it'll be right between two big events, and they'll they'll give you just a little tiny bit, and it'll be back page news because everybody everybody wants to bury it. Yeah, and you know there was great news with kind of NHL culture, right? You, they had uh, Luke Prokop uh, coming out. You know, you think things are going in a good direction, but yeah. there still is this continued kind of despicable hockey man kind of thing and you know when you look at the Blackhawks and Bowman and especially Mark Bergevin you know it really kind of is embodied through all that so he was with the Blackhawks in 2010 during the Brad Aldrich scandal and cover-up has disavowed knowing any information about it even though people said that they told people all in the organization yeah everybody knew about it yeah Um, he was involved with the trade for PK Subban for character issues yeah, uh, Logan Mayu, uh, you know, looked into signing Slava Voinov. So uh, this is the guy that you claim is going to be making sure that Logan's, you know, yeah. learning responsibility for his actions when it seems like the man continues to make poor decisions, right? Heck yeah, yeah. And you've never heard him, you've never heard... Bergevin trading anyone else for quote character issues, right? Just be, I've never heard of it. Let me put it that way. No. For just PK Subban. And yeah, uh, for our listeners who might not know about uh, Slava uh, Voinov, um, uh, domestic abuse, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, his, his wife, violent. yeah, violent, very violent. And, and the Kings cut his ass. Um, but uh, yeah, he's they they're looking at bringing him back. I mean, they're where Bergevin goes; these these people without character kind of follow, mm-hmm. and it's it's not a great it's not a great look for the Canadians. And I really wish that they would have done more with the Mayu signing uh, as opposed or the drafting as opposed to just saying, we really wish he didn't do that, and then just kind of fade back and let the fog kind of come back in. Mm-hmm. Um, we wish you didn't do that, but go ahead and take care of our uh, team in unrestricted free agency. We really wish he wouldn't have done that, but we're going to keep the kid since we drafted him. We're going to see what happens and what he turns into. Um, it's, and it's and we're going to drop move. this statement within the first hour of free exactly. agency. Exactly. That's what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's the kind of that's the moment whenever it will be uh, the the Blackhawks air quote findings will will come out in one of those types of moments whenever it's just going to be uh, a footnote, they're going to try to lose it. And mm-hmm. it's it's tragic cuz uh, accountability again, man, it's just it's out the window. Yep. Well, Blues 
kind of we're going to shift over to them. So it, it it hasn't been a great week. They uh, <laughs> not great. They're not looking quite as strong as they were, and you know they're, they're certainly a shell of the the 2019 team. And uh, they lost a, a couple of those guys. Uh, first of all, they lost Vince Dunn, uh, selected by the Kraken. So that was the the Blues' choice from the Kraken. Yeah, yeah, and no, I mean, it it was a coin flip, I guess, really, who they were going to to take in my mind it was either going to be done or tarasenko turns out that they really had the hard conversations with schwartz too but yep. uh but yeah i thought it was going to be a, a coin flip but uh i think don will do really really well i think he'll be a fan favorite quick uh with seattle i still am not a fan i don't i think that uh he, he got babied with his minutes and i think that it'll be Agreed. hard to do in, in that team and you know, he may have some offensive upside, but he had a penchant for catastrophic mistakes. And I think especially a team that you look like that they put together, they're not going to be a team that can score goals and don't want to give up goals. So I, I think that he still may have a hard time there because they'll be a lot more like a Armstrong, Baruby type team than a yeah. high-flying Vegas, I think, so... Yep, I, I agree in that way. I, I, whenever I say I think he'll be a fan favorite, what I'm going off of more, I guess, is the is the big hits, is being willing to to drop the gloves, <laughs> whether you're in the hallway if in a Chicago Wolf, or, um, you know, if you're wearing I forget what who we were playing whenever he was wearing one of those ugly ass sweaters and he just punched the guy in the face. Yep. And then just kind of, oh, you know, his face lights up. Like, I just rock that dude. Those are the types of moments that I think could make him a fan favorite. Uh, not trying to saucer one out of the zone through the middle and find, fishing it out from behind uh, Grubauer uh, or uh, 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 Drieger. Um, Drieger, thank you. I wanted to say Dreisaitl, and I was like, that's not right. Drieger, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like you mentioned, they also signed uh, Jaden Schwartz here as a free agent today. Uh, so five years, five point five million AAV. Um, he was the longest tenured blue, I think, yep. before yep. this. Um, so it, you know, it's a pretty pretty long term, probably longer yeah. than I thought us offering for a higher value too. So agreed. They, they really seem to, to like him and, you know, hey, what's not to like? Uh, he's always been a super hard player. Um, you know, he's produced offensively for the majority of his career. And, you know, the, the big issue with him was injuries. And yep. But when he was there in 19, he had a fantastic run and really helped him get the cup. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that would swizzle with gumption uh, i think uh, those those are words that i'll always associate with swartz so uh i will i will also always associate them yeah uh yeah man he the the term and the money that he got there's no way he was gonna come to to st louis and you said you know what's not like what's not to like about him i'll say what you said briefly and that's injury status right i mean the guy the guy always seems to have some kind of you know month and a half yeah. long injury or, 55 or game three season. months yeah exactly right um so that's the one thing and he 
he is a very streaky scorer. Um, I don't know. He he always had time on the power play. He always had top line minutes to, or top two line minutes usually with with the Blues. So it's hard for me to think that he's going to go to Seattle and a whole bunch is going to change as far as his points. Um, he's a great player. He's a great leader. Uh, he definitely plays, uh, seems to t- play a great team game. I know that whenever I was reading, it said that uh, him signing with Seattle was, was influenced by his father's passing, his father's death, and he wanted to be closer to uh, Saskatoon and, and closer to family like that. So uh, more power to the guy. I, I appreciate everything that he has been for St. Louis um, and, and the Cup for sure. I'll always... Be thankful for the goal that he scored with what like 0.8 seconds left against Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, best of luck to the guy. I'll uh, I'll miss him, but for that term and for that value, um, I guess uh, have a good one. Yeah. Now the Blues, uh, they did have a, a good trade, uh, I thought, with Buknevich yeah. uh, from the Rangers to they traded Sammy Blay. And a second round pick in 2022. Um, really liked the the trade. I think that yep. he's a a top line forward, at least a top six forward. Um, they they ended up signing him also four years for 5.8. So he's you know getting Schwartz money, less term, and is far younger, 26 I believe. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I'll find it. But, yeah, so, you know, you get a guy a little more in the prime of his career. Um, and I, I think that uh, I really liked the, the trade. And he's a solid penalty killer, power play, you know, can um, score offensively but is responsible defensively. And I think that'll fit in with the system really well. Everything you just said. And, yeah, he's 26. I agree with everything that you just said. The The only thing that I'll add is that whenever you and I were talking about it over text the other day, I said I, I see him as a poor man's Kucherov, and and I really mean that. And I, I could see him really just kind of coming coming up and continuing to develop. Uh, we're going to get the best years, I think, of his career, 26. You know, we take him to 30 and, uh, and, and really ride him and, and see how well he plays during that time. And um, I think he's going to look really, really great on whatever wing he's on. Yep. Um, so the there's still a couple of things. The it also Mike Hoffman uh, will not stay with the Blues. He he was a free agent, signed with Montreal today, uh, three years for four point five per year. Um, I don't know. They're everything that they said about him to the blues they were saying with him to montreal he's gonna make the power play great he's gonna score goals and he's streaky and you know he was all those things and 4.5 for a guy his age i prefer the buknevich deal but they still need to feel out this team a bit they have some holes and you know we're still waiting on what's going to happen with tarasenko that's the thing man right like i I wanted Hoffman back, not necessarily because of Hoffman, right? But whenever I looked at who was available as as UFAs, and I saw all the spots that we're gonna have on this roster, with Schwartz headed out, with Tarasenko, you know, the, as the world turns, 
kind of music cue up here mm-hmm. and um and with other question marks with Bozak and and who's going to get what money in as far as our RFAs too so I didn't even necessarily really want Hoffman but I was worried about what would happen if we didn't have Hoffman uh Hoffman and Schwartz leaving it's it leaves two top six holes um and we've added a top six guy um yeah, I think the Blues are going to really circle around hard back to to Bozak is is what I really think. You know, um, uh, Bozak He's, and Sod are, yeah. are our question marks. Well, Bozak's still not a top six, right? You probably want no, no, to no. be your third yeah. line center. So even yeah. even with that move, you know, that's uh, you're still needing to fill some pieces. And heck yeah, um, you know, you look at Pareko is next year. You got a start talking to him soon he's he you know could get rfa'd you know not that that ever happens but yeah yeah so uh you know the tarasenko talks really stalled out i don't know if it's like a waiting on eichel to set a market and if you don't get eichel you'll maybe try to pick up tarasenko instead so I, i maybe he's tied in with that value but uh it sounded like with all the deals that happened um, those two names went quiet really fast. Yeah, I I knew that as each one of these events, as the expansion draft came and went and Tarasenko was still on the Blues, as the draft came and went and Tarasenko was still on the Blues, and now that UF, uh, you know, unrestricted free agency has the, the big day, has come and went and Tarasenko is still with the Blues, I'm thinking more and more that Tarasenko will start the year with the Blues. Yep. I I don't well, I don't know what I think about it. I yeah. I think that I was so sure he was gonna get moved last week and I was so yep. sure he was gonna get moved and maybe even taken in the expansion draft. I can't say Same. that this was a, a thing that I thought. Uh, I don't know if you know, the emotions can be worked out, but I still think we're a better team with him than we are without him. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to see us moving him for a piece that would be equal. And that, and that's the thing, right? And if you think about all of the teams that he would approve a trade to, they all went out and they spent their money. Right. A lot, most of those teams... Right. It, they they spent their money in for their UFAs. Uh, a team that was really quiet today still was the Vegas. Islanders, Vegas. and I know that they were rumored. Vegas was uh, Vegas has cap space too, so there's two potential suitors maybe there. But I keep hearing again, you know, you're talking about Eichel. So does the loser of Eichel come come to St. Louis and say, "Here's a comparable package"? But again, the comparable package isn't going to be a Jack Eichel type package. Um, they're, they're dealing for damaged goods at the lowest value that Tarasenko has probably ever had. And they've got the blues by the short and curlies a little bit and they know it. Yep. And, uh, you know, I guess the only other person that I really heard with a lot of blues talk was sod. We mentioned him a little, yeah. Um, and he's likely going to be out of Colorado with them um, making the majority of their signings with Makar and Landeskog and uh, moving on from Grubauer. So, 
uh, you know, he, he's out there in the market and he was one of the three teams that kind of were on the big talks list. So I, I, I think that guy is kind of a understated, but solid. Like I would yes. really like him on the team. Same. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I, if you could, whatever the blues were mm-hmm. offering to Hoffman to maybe keep him around, if they could turn around and, and offer something comparable to Saad, then, then I think go for it. Um, I think that he's been on some great and some teams that are proven winners. And the fact that he's still out there and, and is kind of a gun for hire again is, I don't think that's a knock against him at all. Um, I'm, I'd be really, really excited if the blues could make that happen. He's, he, he's, you know, we're really, really light on the wing and, uh, I think he plays both sides. So if we can get him out here and, uh, in, in a blue note, yeah, I, I, I'd, I think he's different than Hoffman, you know, but, but still kind of has the same offensive upside with a little more defense to him. Maybe yep. not that explosive power play specialist that you'd be getting like that, but just a guy that's a solid all around player that still manages to score 20, 25 goals every season. Yep. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked a bit about the Kraken and their initial draft and how they were going to weaponize their cap space, but it, it's it been kind of underwhelming so far also, right? So yeah. on the, the day of, they, they signed Jamie Oleksiak uh, from Dallas for five years at 4.6. They got Larson from the Oilers uh, four per four. And then Drieger from Florida for three at three and a half. So um, along with their two draft, other draft picks, they got, uh, they, they seem pretty solid at goalie. Uh, for sure. But they managed to sign <laughs> Grubauer today yeah. uh, to a six-year contract for just under six million AAV. And then because they had four goalie prospects in there, they, they traded... Vanacek back to Washington for a second in 2023. So, uh, I, I don't know that, that. I guess that seems weird. It's really weird because <laughs> you. I mean, you drafted. You could have drafted anybody from Washington, and you drafted essentially a second round draft pick in exactly. 2023. Right. I have to think that they're with with a little bit more foresight. If they knew, like they they wouldn't have known that they would have been able to get Grubauer. However, the Kraken had that exclusive window of negotiating, right? So they had to have an idea on where they were at with those contract talks if they were going to if they had spoke to him. So if they had a feeling that it went really well, you know, Drieger is is a really really great goalie. He proved that already. Could have taken Koskinen. You know, there were other goaltenders out there. If you're just taking this guy for to have nothing, right? I mean, for a second round draft pick in 2023, like you could have taken Koskinen and flipped him for something else for certainly more than a second in 23. I think it it just seemed like, um, you know, we talked earlier, like not squeezing him for, you know, like yeah. Why couldn't you have picked a guy and say, I, I'll not pick Vanacek if you give me this guy and a second? That seems like something that, that could have happened, right? 
and they were hard people were saying like that they that they took Vanacek they were really excited about that so to flip him back to Washington as opposed to looking somewhere else and trying to trade him to somebody else who was hard up in goaltending I mean they could have gotten maybe a little bit higher even if it was just a team not as good as Washington so their second round pick would have been higher up Mm mm-hmm and then they also made a deal for Alex Wenberg, signing him to a three-year, $4.5 million AAV contract. Um, he had a kind of unsustainable year last year with a 20.7% shooting percentage. And, uh, you know, he's not a bad player, but $4.5 million is a pretty high number for, for, you know, a third liner. And I saw a lot of chatter about how people were saying this was a really great deal and that he's an understated player but again i think that this to me for for blues fans yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly exactly for me for blues fans this reeks of kind of a brad boys type season so uh, i i don't see this as sustainable and uh, I agree. I think that this might this is one of those contracts that might immediately look terrible, and the third year Kraken fans might have their whipping boy, you know, pretty early. It seems like. Yep. Um, another, you know, big team on the move this week was the Chicago Blackhawks. So they essentially got Seth Jones. Um, Jake McCabe, Tyler Johnson, and Mark Andre Fleury for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for, for and cap relief and got rid of Brent Seabrook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and cap relief for uh, for really honestly nothing. So um, don't trade with if Stan Bowman is calling you and you're an NHL GM, do not take the call because he's just stealing from people. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, and then the big shocker of the day was Marc-Andre Fleury um, traded to the Blackhawks for some AHLer, career AHLer. Yeah. Um, You know, heard about it on Twitter. Um, It, You know, the way that everybody phrased it, it seemed a little dirty, but I, I, you know, it was a little shocking for sure, but... You know, I think that he had to know that it was either he was staying or, or Laner was going, you know, like, yeah. or the other way around. So uh, you win the Vezina, you get yeah. traded for nobody. Like, hey, that's pretty yeah. wild. But, um, you know, there's rumors now that he, he may retire. There's rumors that he may end up going on to Pittsburgh. So uh, still lots of chaos unfolding through that so vegas gives no fucks about their players like that's that's something that that in their very very brief history that they have proved time and time again that they give no fucks and that they want to win and that this is strictly a business um the fact that they traded the guy and he said i don't want to be traded well you're traded anyway Mm -hmm. um it's, I mean, if you have a chance to sign a ticket with that organization and you see how they just did flurry dirty, if you've got 
similar contract numbers from another team, do you think, man, I I have no interest in being with Vegas uh, based off of how they treat their, their players, uh, how they did Schmidt, um, how they've done just – I don't know. It's it's hard to look at, and and it's from an from a professional athlete and from an optics point of view, it just it looks like shit. You take the guy who is the face of your franchise, who you hyped up, who just again, like you said, he won the Vesna this past year. I don't think that he's the reason that they lost anything. Um, and you do him that dirty, it's it, it not a good look. Yep. And, uh, you know, who knows, but there's all kinds of rumors out there. What's going to happen with this? You know, he, he could end up back in Pittsburgh. I saw like crazy conspiracy theories of him going to Colorado to, to win the cup there. You know, they're losing Grubauer. I know they signed Kemper, but try traded for him, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think I read that Bowman said publicly I, we traded for Flurry because we want Flurry to play in in Chicago. So, and I know that he's going around stealing things. So I don't know how much we try burying, burying sexual assault allegations and and stealing things from other uh, NHL teams. So I don't know. I don't know how much trust you've got in that guy. But yeah. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we talked a bit about Colorado. They, they had some, some big deals this week. Also, uh, they managed to sign Kale McCarr, uh, eight years, 9 million. Um, amazing to think that Kale McCarr is making less than Seth Jones. That's, I, can we talk about that real, real quick? That contract, like they just got rid of Seabrook and, uh, Duncan Keith. And then Chicago goes out and spends eight years, nine point five per on Seth Jones. You sent me the the screenshot of the tweet, right? Congratulations on Seth Jones for for being traded to Arizona in mm-hmm. in twenty twenty eight or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, just a dipshit contract for Seth Jones. And yeah, McCarr uh, making less than Seth Jones, but nine million for eight years. I mean, I didn't doubt he was going to get his money, but I didn't think he was going to get nine. Well, especially from them, right? You just get rid of Duncan Keith, you get Seabrook off, and then you do yeah. it again. Let's yeah. run it back. <laughs> yeah, no no member berries in Chicago for sure. Yep. Uh, so Colorado also signs Gabriel Landeskog at the last second, uh, eight yeah. years, seven million average. Uh, we talked a lot about that last year. That's certainly too too rich and too much term for for my tastes. Yep, I yeah term for sure. Money, money. It, maybe for four years, I'd have been four or five years, I'd have been okay with it. But yeah. you're you're getting double the years and and that much money. So thanks, but no thanks. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Edmonton uh, always what the fuck. <laughs> Always staying polarizing, right? So they they re-signed Mike Smith, thirty-nine-year-old goaltender Mike Smith for two years. Two years. <laughs> two point two. Yeah, everybody's so disappointed in their performance. Let's bring him back. So <laughs> bring him back. Yeah, but they they signed Cody CC, kind of maligned but reformed uh, defenseman. Yep. Um, 
but they trade Ethan Bear for Warren Fogle. Uh, kind of a confusing trade. Yeah. Bit of a fan favorite there also. Um, but, you know, they they made one of the bigger deals. Kind of they were rumored with Zach Hyman. Uh, seven years, $5.5 million. Uh, you know, he, he wrote a letter to the Leafs fans upon leaving and, uh, you know, a little bit high value in term, but at some point you got to keep McDavid happy, get some players playing with him, right? But, you know, that confusing moves by this squad. For sure. I, yeah, I think that I don't understand the, the idea with, with Hyman I've written like that contract is going to look absolutely dog shit terrible I think um I don't I don't get it that was one of my he got signed for how long and for how much I I think that he could have definitely I would have thought been had for a little bit less than that I mean I you know for especially giving him that much term but yeah, it's it's a weird contract. It's you know Duncan Keith weird losing Larson like you said. Like they they buy out Neil. It's I don't you look at it and it seems like Edmonton is you said polarizing. It seems like they're very bipolar even. Yeah. Like there there's this there's this manic kind of stage. Like let's let's do all these great things. But also we've got all these other really dog shit things over here that we have to undo. So let's undo the things, but oh shit, we shouldn't have undone them so much. So let's do all these other things over here. I I could not pay attention and I could not tell you what their strategy is uh, in Edmonton other than we need more defense. Like I, I got that, but other than that, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yep. Now there were a ton of goalie moves i'm just going to kind of rattle through them but you know frederick anderson went to the hurricanes for two years 4.5 peter morazic went to the leafs three years 3.8 uh james reimer went to san jose two for 2.5 uh martin jones went to philly they're always really good with goaltending there Uh, (laughs) i'm sure they'll love his point eight nine three or whatever it is yeah yeah same uh, percentage yeah uh Braden yeah. Holpe to Dallas uh for a year Yarrow Halak to Vancouver for a year and then uh sneaky signing with uh Elliot to Tampa for one year hey not that, bad pretty good yeah. backup gig right hell yes yeah <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing Brian Elliot? I'm just trying to not fuck things up mm-hmm. I'm just trying to sit back here and see if Tampa can three-peat. Um, but, yeah, I Dallas is is collecting goalies, apparently. Um, you know, they've got they've got Bishop, and he's got a ton. Uh, I think he's still got a decent amount of term on his deal. And then they've got uh, they've got their their mad Russian goalie. Um, and and they I don't know how much money they've got uh, when Hudobin. So I don't know how much money they've got uh, locked up in salary here. Let me say, I guess not much actually. They've got uh, Hudobin's making uh, 3.3 Bishop's making just under five. And then 
hope he's making two. So never mind. They've got a ton of money uh, locked up in goalie. They got $10 million in net. Um, yeah, and so, uh, there's a lot of talks about Bishop still maybe doing an LTIR year, not coming yeah. back, or, you know, he, yeah. he's kind of up in the air. So. So they might know a bit more. Obviously, they do know a bit more uh, than you and me sitting in our houses right now about the health of their players and all that. But, um, yeah, and and Hudobin didn't have a very great year last year either. So I guess they're trying to see if Holtby getting him out of Vancouver and a minimal contract like this can go ahead and kind of reignite his his drive. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, there was a couple of other big moves, like Taylor Hall – uh, four for six seemed like a good deal. Seemed like Boston made a lot of moves. Yeah. Uh, Tampa, they, they signed Braden point eight year, nine and a half, uh, <laughs> 25 years old, you know, uh, super playoffs that he had another monster contract in Tampa. Like, how, can they keep doing this? So no, uh, uh, not at all. I think that I think that was an overpay. I think I get it, but uh, I mean, maybe wait a little bit into next year and see how he's playing next year and and negotiate a little bit closer then. Um, to just come out of the gate with nine five for for points seems seems high. Now I'm not watching him on a night in and night out basis, so I don't know how dynamic i know he's got tons of points he's clutch in the postseason um i hope that this isn't a deal that that lightning fans are going to look back on and think that this is paying for some past performance Uh, i think that towards the end of that eight-year deal will definitely be paying for past performance but you know we'll see what happens yep um they lose blake coleman to calgary six years uh just under five million Uh, i thought that was pretty high uh, the Rangers yeah. say they got the rights to Barkley Goudreau and signed him for six years at 3.6. Also, uh, I thought it was kind of high. Uh, yep. Detroit trades for and signs Nadelkovich from Carolina. Um, I still think they're going to be garbage, uh, you know, but uh, it's pretty crazy to think that, that Carolina would move him. Yeah, and then replace him with... <laughs> With, with, uh, with Anderson, Frederick Anderson, right. yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't understand this move at all. You've got a guy who they were who they spent all this time getting in here and getting in the organization and grooming and developing, and then trading him away for what well, it was like a third round pick or something. Uh, it wasn't then, much. Yeah, to pay him pay Anderson five million a year yeah. when he was actively bad last year. So yeah. Uh, confusing move there. Uh, Dougie Hamilton seems like he's going to end up with the Devils. I think that was finalized seven for yeah. nine million a year. Uh, so big, big payday. Uh, you know he's bounced around quite a few places, but uh, uh, has performed everywhere he's been. Uh, yeah. Ryan Suter. Uh, the Blues were looking to be in on him, but the, they said that the number was too big. I was kind of surprised. Uh, he goes to Dallas four years, three point six five. Uh, maybe it was the term four term, years gets into yeah. 40. So that's kind of yeah. a, a thing. Uh, Philip Deneau from Montreal to LA for six years for five and a half. Um, I, you know, I think he'll be a, what you, you'll have, uh, 
Kopitar and uh, who they got Byfield, and then you know you can have Deneau as your third line center. That's pretty solid if if they start to get the gang together there. LA LA is is making moves, man. Mm-hmm. They're they're or Eichel, I guess, if you move Byfield right? and yeah. <laughs> They've got tons of stuff that they're doing in LA, and and they're watch out for them. They're going to be sneaky good next year, I think. Well, and that division will be sneaky bad. Uh, Making a, yeah. Carolina, they 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 do the thing and get Tony D'Angelo for uh, one year for a million. Um, only got jokes today, but uh, <laughs> they really will be a bunch of jerks now there that they go. have Tony D and got jokes. Uh, they they chose to sign him because they didn't have a goalie for him to punch. Hey, <laughs> there. I think the triumph, the that, comic dog there. I guess for for me to punch. Uh, this is a low risk, high reward situation, and you know for for a million dollars, and if he if he starts spouting off. You can put him in the press box, and or you can send his little his little ass to the AHL. Um, I think that it's a it's a good move. I'm surprised that the Canadians didn't go with it. If if he's an asshole and and does asshole things, I'm surprised that Bergevin didn't try to pick up on it. But um, it's it's uh, low risk, high reward. Yep. So uh, after all the moves so far, uh, who do you think made the biggest jump this past week? Um, you know, my thoughts uh, are Chicago. I think that they were really looking like they were um, headed off a cliff, and somehow they got rid of some of these contracts. Uh, Jonathan Taves appeared again. Uh, you know, you, I, I don't think that Seth Jones is a long-term addition, but I think that he will help the team in the short term. I don't, I'm not his biggest fan, but I think he'll make them better. Um, so I, I really, especially if you can get Mark Andre Fleury to play also, there's, um, just a, made something out of nothing like i i really don't understand how they did it it was some wizardry <laughs> it was some very very impressive gm moves you know the the early the early candidate for gm of the year is definitely stan bowman um and they if they can get mark andre Fleury, like you said to play their goaltending situation is going to be really really strong too um I, I could see him getting in there and, and really taking them uh, to, to some playoff level hockey. You know, some people are talking about how they're, they're great and they're excellent and expect wonderful things. I'm not ready to go that far, uh, but I'll say, I'll say a playoff team potentially for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, man, I've got Boston as my, my most improved yeah, team. I, thought I so know as that. Well. Yeah. They, um, they added Hall for six million per uh they b- bring in olmark from from buffalo and initially i thought oh, he's going to be the backup he's not going to be their starter now and then i looked at his stats out in boston and he's played really really well you know he's had like a a, a two three uh goals against or something like that mm-hmm. uh two five goals against and and has had like a nine thirteen save percentage and yeah. that's on buffalo that's all his games in buffalo 
So you figure that by just going to Boston, he'll probably shave off at least half a goal a game, and he'll probably up his save percentage by a tenth, if not two-tenths of a percent. Um, so, so you're looking at a really, really maybe understated move there with Omar coming to Boston. Um, they bring in uh, Foligno. Uh, they got uh, Nosek. They got uh, Halu, uh, Hal, Eric Halla. And Halla. they're... Halla! Dun, 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 dun. Uh, a little Missy Elliott for you. Um, these are all solid second third line guys that have specific roles that they can play on championship teams and whenever you look at their their payroll in boston the guys that they have are incredible athletes and every single one of these guys as as you can see with hall just they take pay less pay to go in there and to really build a winner. Um, their highest paid player is Bergeron. I'm sorry, uh, Bergeron. And the dude makes six, eight, uh, uh, almost six, six million, uh, nine hundred thousand. So just under seven million dollars. And you've got all these other guys who take these, these contracts that have way less than what they could get out on. Uh, the open market, you know, Hall's just coming off of an eight million dollar one year deal. Signs a six uh, six million for four, and I know that he could have got more than six million from somebody else, but wouldn't have been a contender. He was super successful in his time in Boston too. So all of those guys coming out there, and and those are additions. That's not to say who's still on their team. Also, they've had very few subtractions. Rask is their notable subtraction, and we'll see how how things go with him in a different place and Halak, I guess. So their entire goaltending was an overhaul, but uh, but I think Boston man is is scary good with all the additions that they've had and at reasonable prices and players to play specific roles on their team. So we talked about uh, who improved the most, but who didn't make it happen so far. I'm I'm staying home. I'm staying with the Lou. Um, Rutherford put out a you know lost and brought in list, and the lost list is Dunn, Schwartz, Hoffman, Blay, and then the brought in is Buchenovich, and then the question marks are Bozak and Tarasenko. Yeah, it had um, Gunderson on there. Oh, also. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, it had it had Hot Carl on there too. So I mean, there's tons of guys who were there. I know that I sent you a, a photo of all the all the blue from the Blues Championship team, all the jerseys and the names. And before all this stuff went down, I sent you a picture of all the names that were crossed out. I sent one to Lambert too. And I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of turnover that our rosters had in the last three years. Um, I'm not saying that the Blues are by any means done. As we're recording, though, on on Wednesday night, uh, first night of free agency being done, I gotta say that the Blues have have fared really, really poorly. I mean, just the subtractions, subtractions, subtractions. I love the addition of Buchenovich, but with everything that they've lost um, 
to compound that and and that being the only addition it's been a hard off season so far yep uh and my pick would be the kraken i think that they i was expecting them to really make some moves especially after seeing what they did in the expansion draft and they just didn't uh there weren't any bangers in there. I, I was uh, pretty disappointed if Jaden Schwartz is your biggest signing. I I yeah. think that, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to have a good time. So, yeah. Um, so which move gets the Barry, the salary in Arizona award? Um, so I think that the, the deal that is going to look the worst, the quickest is going to be the Zach Hyman deal. Um, the only thing that I could see potentially saving that contract is playing with Dreisaitl and McDavid. Um, other than that, I think that that is going to be an absolute garbage contract and um, it's it, it's going to be just another Edmonton move that, that personifies anything and everything that it means to be an Edmonton fan, I think. What about you, man? Um, I think the worst one will be the Arizona f- turning the tables, getting rid of Oliver Ekman Larson. I think that Garland is a good player and he'll add yep. some value there. But uh, Ekman Larson, I think, is a, a garbage fire. And, um, you know, he was a highly touted prospect, but is I think he's ruined um by you know playing so long there and i don't know if vancouver is the place to find your game and figure it out and uh that contract is colossal and goes on forever and um for way too long i think it's just a gonna be an albatross for them and i i have no idea what vancouver's doing also it it just kind of uh they just seem so confused um and not very good also so yep yep and and just an additional one is a head scratcher did you see uh in actually arizona that yashkin dimitri yashkin is is making a a reappearance maybe it's an armstrong thing i don't know but uh, i was certainly surprised to hear him picked up and uh certainly for that amount three yeah yeah 3.2 3.2 million now, so was he in I, the league last year or is he khl he was in the cage yeah. he was in the khl he was mvp of the khl okay um so i hey. i guess that he's hoping that uh it's one year you know when they're when, not gonna when win yash- anything this year right i guess exactly, it's, a, it's yeah. a decent bet then maybe when yashkin got his groove back no. is what they're is what they're <laughs> kind of hoping uh happens and and even if he does play well then then they can flip him at the deadline, and if he uh, doesn't do well, then I guess you got to get to the cap floor somehow, and you can only trade for so many shit contracts. Mm-hmm. Well, shit contracts is a great segue into everybody's favorite segment. It's time for... Ew, what's that smell? It's this week's installment of Hot, 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 Hot. Garbage. Hot garbage. Do you leave that in every time? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I do. And I really kind of want to incorporate it into the original one. 
hot instead of hot, 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 garbage. Hey, cutie. Derp. Yeah, man. So my hot garbage is is just more circumvention of the rules. Uh, I'm obviously upset with all the stuff with circumventing you know, morality that's that's been going on in the NHL here in the last week and a half or whatever, but also just, just the rules again. And I know that teams are air quote following the rules, but Tampa... Uh, the way that the GMs agreed to it, yep. The way that the GMs agreed to it, I know. But Tampa bringing in Seabrook and then with the, every intention on burying him and um, trading Tyler Johnson right to, to Chicago. Probably and, would be a good barrier contract in Arizona. Yeah, nominee yeah, even. Yeah, yeah, right. There'd be the one. There's the one. And then uh, Seattle negotiating with with Schwartz and taking it up to just it's sounding like they had a deal in place and then just like oh no 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 deal shh, shh, don't 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 tell anybody just just be real quiet mm-hmm. and then taking done and then out of the gate basically everybody already knowing and it being common knowledge that Jaden Schwartz was going to sign in um in Seattle so mm-hmm. they were able to take done and then not take and sign Schwartz, but then sign him right away. And it did they operate within the rules? Did St. Louis have plenty of time to sign Jaden Schwartz on their own time? Could they have still negotiated a deal and blah, blah, blah? Yes, yes, and yes. But it just felt like it was a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have two desserts, and there ain't shit you can do about it. Yep. Uh... I don't have as much of an issue with it. I think that, uh, you know, it happens all the time, especially in hockey. There seems to be lots of leaks in hockey. I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting thing. Because, you know, well, the whole draft was spoiled before the Kraken, you know, draft happened. It was kind of funny. Right? Yeah. yeah. Everybody already knew who they had. <laughs> I thought this is the worst hype machine ever. Like yeah. you already know 90% of the team. Yeah. So now, uh, my hot garbage, uh, for this week is, I don't know how to eloquate the, but it's a situation that I found myself in frequently where, uh, I have an issue. You call someone to help you with the issue and they send you a person that can't necessarily fix the issue so we had like an issue with the refrigerator where it was leaking water and somebody comes to look at it and they identify the problem but they can't fix it and then they have to get somebody else to do it and then somebody else has to order the part so it just seems like it's a very (laughs) frustrating process that wastes my time um so, you know, I, we've had some I had some house issues and, sure. um, you know, somebody comes out and does an estimate, but it's not a person who can like talk to you about stuff. They just send a guy to take a bunch of pictures and then you talk to a different person and then they're like, what's the issue? And you talk to them and they're like, well, I don't have a picture of that. <laughs> so then you, I have to take pictures <laughs> and send them when they employed someone to do uh. all this. So just, uh, I think that the specialization of everybody is, is very, uh, 
uh, frustrating at times, and it also seems to me like a way to uh, uh, pay people less, like have less. Yeah. Uh, you just send some guy out, and you don't have to pay him, and then you can maximize the time and overwork your expert instead of having multiple experts. But uh, I'm always thinking conspiracy thoughts like that. How to, it's uh, it's a down. it's a real thing though man how frequently you're able to actually talk to somebody who's able to chew and and walk at the chew gum and walk at the same time it seems like those the volume of those conversations that i have is less and less with with every passing year and and i know that you've said it before that to be an ideal employee like a great employee you just need to show up and do your job. Mm-hmm. Um, that standard is is insane to me. My grandfather, uh, my grandpa Jackson, rolls over in his grave. I'm sure every time that that is said and agreed to. Um, but but I get it, man. I I know what you're talking about. My mother-in-law, she's uh, she's selling her house and she's trying to find somebody who can. Uh, really find some old paperwork um, from from you know 20 years ago and the the title company doesn't exist anymore and she's trying to find uh, a person who would be able to find that document and the sale of the house can't go through unless this happens and and everybody's looking at her like how can you not find this document and she's like I don't even know the fucking document existed yeah. and 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 it's just it's crazy man and and that's Part of the reason I got a garage full of tools is because I don't trust, you know, I, I trust very few people to to come in and do the work that's that's supposed to be quality uh, at my house. So it's it's crazy. Yep. Uh, yeah, pretty crazy. So thanks to all of our listeners for joining us this week. Uh, it's been a crazy week of hockey and it's good to talk about it. And uh oh, yeah. Fun hearing from people that listen to the podcast, so please reach out to us through our social medias. Um, Also, as always, thanks to Jeremy Boyer for the music and Greg and Nicole for the hot garbage drop. And I want to throw a quick uh, shout-out to Miss Simone Biles uh, for her being honest and open um, about her mental health on a global scale. And I know that there's also been a bunch of other interviews that have kind of come out of, uh, of this. Uh, Michael Phelps was on uh, with Lester Holt or whatever uh, today doing another follow-up and, and talking about it. So anytime that, that mental health can, can come out of the shadows, those, those conversations, and be brought to the forefront, I, I think I have to be chalked up as huge wins. Yep. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell a friend. We're always looking to grow and meet new people to talk with. Uh, uh, check us out on our socials, uh, Optional Skate Blues on Facebook, at Blue Skate on Twitter. And as always, let's, let's go, go Blues! Let's go Blues! USA. USA. <laughs>